Hey, good morning to you and a happy Thursday. It's Bruce, Judy, and Cheese as we head into the almost Friday. Let's take it while we can, right? Um, I, try, I, I, I just want to start with something. You know, I, I see a lot of dogs down here in Streeterville. A lot of people own dogs, walking their fluffy dogs around. There's a lot of dog parks. Um, this morning, I thought I, I, I saw a cat run across the street. I'm like, oh, I don't see cats very often until I got a little closer and realized, dear God, that's a rat. Are oh, you kidding me? Goodness. <clears throat> I, you could have put a leash on this thing and walked it. This and was, was not a little rat. The street? Well, it was in a crosswalk and it had the light. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with them, but you know, I, I, it was. Gross. It ran across the street into some of the sh- shrubbery, the little potted plants. I'm like, what mm. in God's green earth? Look be at the size of that thing. Shrubbery now. Wait, is that thing going to attack me? Do you, uh, do you taste good? I don't have any idea. <laughs> I can't believe this. It's the, yeah, it's oh, the yeah. largest rat I've ever seen. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. Oh, wait, have you seen a river rat yet? I don't know what the, How about, I didn't ask him yeah. where he was from. They swim. I, you know, hey, I, he might have been. Yeah. From Norway. <laughs> well, I don't um, speak Norwegian, huge. so yeah. I'm not going to be able to communicate rat. with said rat. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God. Welcome to Chicago. Thank you very much. Good. Night, you people. I was like, oh, look, a kitty. Oh, my God, that's not a kitty. Um, masks at midnight. That's right. The countdown is on. Oh, my goodness. we uh, The mask mandate for the city of Chicago kicks in at midnight tonight as the Delta variant numbers continue to rise. And we did learn kind of officially, uh, Judy, that we are, I say, going to need or at least it will be available booster shots right i mean they're right the uh, cdc is recommending that third booster shot it still needs to be approved by the fda um but it's basically if right now you can get it if you have um you know an immune compromised immune illness. compromised right yeah. immune, or if you know you've had a transplant you're in that category okay. high risk um high risk and then uh next will be Healthcare workers. Are we going to go back to the one A, one B? Okay, then I don't we need are, to worry about are. it. I'm not. But on everyone's going to get one. And you know what? And that's what they're saying now. Who knows? I mean, it's basically it's eight months, so it's not really going to matter if not every healthcare worker has even gotten a vaccine. If you haven't got your first one. one, or yeah, so so, so count from eight months from your second shot. I have a question, and I know we had we had Doctor Arwitty on. We've had other doctors, and I don't remember the answer to this. Well, I play a doctor on the radio, so go right. Ahead. Well, you're going to tell me. Does it matter which shot I got originally when it comes to the booster shot? Do I have to get a booster from the same brand, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson? Do I have to? Certainly Johnson & Johnson's different. Okay. Because that's one shot. That's a single shot. But And I thought I did. You see, I, 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 I can't I, I play Dr. Say. I think I did hear that Moderna and Pfizer, you can, but. Kind of interchangeable. I haven't heard that since. And Okay. They're saying no. If you've gotten the Pfizer, I think they're going to give you what you got the first time. Who's they? You know the people, the shot people. Got it. Okay. Your favorite people. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, if you go to Walgreens and you wherever, and you say you show them your vaccination card. Although I don't even know if they're going to ask for that because I I do know some people who've gotten a third shot. They've already gotten a third. Yeah, and I don't. Maybe they have a compromised system. Maybe they've got some some health issues. But and I don't know if they is the third shot. I got a lot of questions. Is the third shot fundamentally different from the first two? 
No, it's the same shot. It's the exact same it's shot. A, so it's just another booster. Okay. Because they they're not determined, reformulating. No, the, the, no, no, because okay. we did ask that. We asked a real doctor who was on the radio. A real, hello, real doctor? We had a, maybe Dr. Already. We asked someone that, and they said, no, it's the same shot. Um, it's just that the Delta variant has thrown everyone for a loop, obviously. We didn't yeah. think this was going to happen. And I think they're now worried about another variant. Well, so, and, okay, so... This does, there is a bigger issue here. And the bigger issue is, is this the new normal? Will every two to three months, there be an outbreak of the, where are we at on the uh, the Greek alphabet? Lambda. The Zeta variant, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the Omega variant, whatever it is. And that we're just going to keep this kind of yo-yoing Back and forth. Is that the new normal? Because again, my, my concern is, and by concern I mean how I'll deal with it, is at some point you'll just check out. It's Boy That Cried Wolf. It's the latest you know uh, headline that you're just going to ignore. Like I don't think you can go to the well over and over no, I and don't, over. Yeah, I don't think you can just keep getting a vaccine, right? At some point we'll get it and, you know... Everyone will have gotten it already once. The vaccine or, or yeah, COVID? The COVID, oh, because okay. how many vaccines can you get? I mean, you only, you know, like the flu, you get one in a year. They don't recommend two, they even don't. in their different variants. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's once they understand, say there's going to be four different variants. Although okay. I feel like we're already past that. Right? I was going to say. I, so, okay, so I think what they can do then is maybe make a vaccine that covers those four. Because that's what they do for the flu. And then it's just a guessing game, though. Right, but They're that's my point. hoping that those are the four that are going to be out they of the season. They didn't predict Delta. So right. how are they going to predict the next one? Yeah, well, I, I say Delta. There already is a Lambda, isn't there? And because I only play a doctor on the radio, okay, I feel like as the virus mutates, it should get weaker. But it's getting stronger. Well, I think that's a roll of the dice, though. It's It's not a guarantee that it would get weaker. Just like the flu season. Some flus are worse than the others. It's not a guarantee that it's going to consistently get worse. I, I, you I guess may have a variant head, that is magnitudes more greater, dangerous. Yeah, I just think anything that happen. mutates just automatically gets weaker because it's mutating. But no, Mutating to you means weaker. <laughs> weaker, I don't know. I've seen different scary movies. <laughs> and mutating to me means they get stronger. Yeah. They get stronger. Maybe. Yeah, well, obviously I'm wrong because we have the Delta variant, which... <sighs> Is for the people who aren't vaccinated is worse. They right? put the They're, they put the signs up in the building. Yeah, they put the signs back up. Oh, you see, I the mask. You have to wear your mask. That's yeah, funny because in the parking garage it said it recommends, and I so I was going to take my mask off, but there was no one around to see me. Yeah, well, I think at midnight, like the official, they're going to probably have people have to go back and they're in some, you know, there's buildings all over the city right now or in some back storage thing. They've got all the signs that say you have to go mask. Yeah, yeah. Get those out, dust them yeah. off, you slap them back up on Kidding, they're going through the, the garbage to try and get them out. There is that. <laughs> hey, Craig, uh, calling from Gary. What is, what is your question regarding the booster? Well, my question about the booster and the whole COVID shot thing mm-hmm. in general is, Who's paying for this? So Where's the money coming from? Oh, you are, for yeah, sure. Well, you're paying for it with your tax dollars, I guess, is the way to put it. Because the shots themselves have been, they are free in, free, and again, hold on to your wallet when someone says free. Uh, the government has been paying for the development, the distribution of, etc. There is a bit of a gray area, though, that medical providers... Shot givers might charge you to inject you with the shot. 
Like it's the 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 medicine, the the, the vaccine is free. Like a service charge. But the nurse isn't mm-hmm. free. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like Judy says, they asked for her insurance. They wanted insurance yeah. to get to if get. If you have insurance, you have to show yeah. your but insurance. But not for the vaccine. The vaccine no, is free. No, for the vaccine as well. But if you don't have insurance, that's fine. But if you have insurance, they ask you for your insurance because they are charging. And by the way, Craig, something. we don't have the money. Don't worry. It's money we don't have that we continue to spend. Yeah. I want to assure you so of that. that is financially beneficial for the for the uh, uh, the pharmaceutical co- uh, companies to. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if they are, and, and don't get me wrong, I, spare no tears for the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, you know, I think they're doing just fine, thank you very much. But I don't know if this is a big profit generator for well, I them. think it will be, right? If, In the future. Because you just said it. This isn't going away. We're going to yeah. probably need the vaccine forever. And so, but yeah, is the, the flu shot business a big business? Do you see what I'm so? saying? I, I think it is. Like, is that a big money maker? Because they give away, like, free flu shots no, at Walgreens. No, they don't anymore. Oh. No, there again, they charge your insurance. I pay for my flu shot every year. How much? It's like a hundred bucks or something. Whoa, okay. I mean, I don't pay for wow. it. My insurance pays. Right, right, right. But that doesn't yeah. mean that's what it. Yeah. yeah. No, but you're that's right. We, we used to get free <laughs> yeah. flu shots. Right. And Remember then, they used to do it like at work or in a flu stopped. shot clinic and, yeah. you know, all these but things. But we say free, but your company paid for it. Because it, it, it was in their best interest for you to have the flu shot. Right. And the argument, I guess, behind government paying for the vaccine is it's in the best interest of the country to mm-hmm. not continue to have shutdowns, full hospitals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right. is the argument. Booster benefits? Of course, of course we will. Yeah. Of course, I can tell you already. Because here, every single time there is another round, there's going to be fewer people that opt in. Just out of laziness, out of uh, a questioning of it, out of I've made it this far. I mean, I, it, the numbers aren't going to go up. No, well, and you, I feel like you're one of them because I am one of them. the booster is, again, not so much to protect you. Yeah, well, it is. It's it. because you're not going to die. No, I'm not. But they don't want you to get sick because forever, you're going to get the unvaccinated sick. Yeah. See how that works? So it's really... And so they're trying not to tell people that because they right. know enough people like, like me are going to go, right. what do I care? Exactly. Why do I care about that? Yeah, you make this about me, and I might I might listen to you a little bit more. Yeah, in the background, yeah. right? What a, what an interesting uh, um, career arc uh, Kanye has had. Because I go back in the, my early days, back when I was cool. Uh, near the end of my hip hop music world was when Kanye was coming onto the scene, and I remember him as a writer for Jay Z. We wrote some songs for Jay, and then um, his first song was the one he did when his jaw was wired shut. Does anyone remember? It's called Through the Wire. Through the Wire. He was in a car accident, and his jaw was wired shut, and he did his first song, and it's... I'm not making this no, up. No, I know. I, I well, just... How does it sound? Odd. Yeah. Through the Wire. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, because his jaw was. This wired is shut. exactly why I hate this man. <laughs> okay, you hate wow. him. He thinks he can record a song even with, with his, his jaw, jaw wired, wired shut. shut. Yes, uh, that was his first one. That was the first one. The first one I remember. Yeah, it's through <laughs> the wire. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I hate him more now. That is an outrage. Oh yeah, let me let me have that listening experience. So the the listening experience now is coming to Soldier Field. The listening experience being, uh, Kanye. You, okay, so it's not a concert, per se. It is a concert. It's basically you go there with a group of other people, and you 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 listen to the album, and Miranda wants to go. So badly. So, so badly. badly. Wait. He yeah. may or he may not. 
I what? think he's going to be here. It's his hometown. He's he, not he may, that much of a... He's, he's an oddball. Yeah, he is, but... He may show up. He's shown up at some of them. He's yeah. an artist, though. What are we expecting Wait from Wait a Kanye? second. This again. Yeah, I know, right? Again. Oh, he's going to charge people? Oh, yes. Is it free? Because yeah, no, it's free. You can listen to that at home yes, with your you- group of friends. Can you? Is it the yeah, same, Miranda? No, you need to get out and about. COVID's, well, it's kind of the end of COVID. And and this is just a blatant, uh, a blatant uh, way to make money off of people, and you're not even going to be there. It's well, ridiculous. I think he's, it, he's a billionaire. He's, he's yeah, made a I lot of money off people. The money, yeah. That's what yeah. he does. Yeah. So uh, it's My coming show. August 26th. Soldier Field is the place. And Kanye... So it's a small venue. <laughs> small venue. <laughs> Intimate. Um, this one is moving on, though, and, and at a time when others are canceling shows. Garth Brooks. Garth has been out touring, sold out shows, big venues, and he is now canceling tours due to the Delta variant, concerned about packing people into a uh, an arena. Well, I know a lot of other uh, concert promoters and venues are requiring kind of the, i guess we'll call it the lala rule which is proof of vaccination or a uh a negative test in order to enter the, the the facility but it does get us talking about songs and about music right and there are some interesting songs out there can we can we acknowledge that um of course there's a list there's always a list yeah. right and uh and and shout out to this. This is um the dumbest songs ever recorded. A list of the dumbest songs ever recorded. And already I think we have come up with the fact that Judy is upset by it because one of her favorite songs made <gasps> the dumbest song list. One of my favorite songs is on here. It's ridiculous. Are we gonna play it? Look at her. Look at your head bopping because oh, yeah. you can't not head bop. Sounds like it should be in a Quentin Tarantino film, right? It has that, yeah, that guitar, was. that twangy yeah. guitar. Yeah. It sounds kind of classic. Yeah, yeah. Like a. This uh, is one of those fun songs. I've always that's a fun loved, song. It is. Okay. I've always okay. loved it. I have the forty-five. You do not. I feel like I'm. You the, have the forty-five. <laughs> I do. It's hanging on my wall. Oh, thank you, Pinky. I decorate with hanging records. on your wall. That was a lot in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I have, right. what, I have what, what I have. What are the call, odds? I have what I call my radio room, so it's not that odd. Okay. I feel like on the flip side of that is Moni Moni. Come on. Mm-hmm. The original or the Billy Idol version? That's you know? the original. Yeah. Yeah. The Billy I, I, Idol like, version's much better. You know, I think there's a whole other generation that didn't know that there was that was originally done by somebody else. The, here's my generation. I didn't realize there was a, a Billy Idol um, what remake. I'm gonna have to hear that one. Maybe I did, but <laughs> really, I don't think so. Basically the same thing. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not uniformly different. It's exactly the same. It's a bit different. (laughs) No. (laughs) And of course, I only know the original because, remember, I have the 45, so I would play that in my basement. Is that one hanging on your wall, too? (laughs) Yeah. 45. (laughs) My favorites are all on my wall. That's interesting in and of itself. I like that. That and one tin soldier. (laughs) Martika? I can't believe that. No, that was just Tin Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Sorry. Oh, okay. 
Wow. <laughs> we, okay. <laughs> One person in the city of Chicago went, did they just mention Martika? Toy soldiers? What, what alternate universe am I living in that we are mentioning some of the most obscure, bizarre songs? Yes, the bottom 40 is what this, uh, uh, this list was of. Well, what is the dumbest song I, ever? Because it's not Hanky Panky, I can tell you that. I can tell you right now. It's not Hanky Panky. Do you have it queued up, Cheese? But that's only thanks to, what's his name? Dr. Demento? Dr. Demento, yeah, right? How come I knew where you were going? <laughs> Unbelievable. Because he's the only one who would play that. He would play on the Dr. Yeah. Demento show, yes. The the dumbest songs of yeah, all time. Yeah, that is a dumb song. They're coming it's to take really me away. Song. That was by 1966, and it was a B-side. What was Inter- the A-side? Interesting. I was going to say, interesting <laughs> tip, Cheese. What was the flip side of They're Coming to Take Me Away? It was the same exact song, but yep. it was played in reverse. Yeah. Is that so you could hear the satanic messages? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you True. remember when they were doing that? When they were playing songs backwards, looking for satanic messages and songs? Like the White Album? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, Helter so there was, a, there was a pastor, I remember, that was doing it, and he would show up on television and, and, we, and do interviews. And I'm not kidding you, okay? I'm not this funny. <laughs> he said that if you played the theme to Mr. Ed... The TV show Mr. Ed about the talking horse. Mm-hmm. If you played the theme to Mr. Ed backwards, you heard satanic messages. And my first thought was, how many songs do you have to go through and listen to backwards before you get to the theme to Mr. Ed? That can't be at the top of the... You've gone through every rock record every ever recorded, right? Yeah, that's crazy. I'm down to TV theme songs from the 60s? <laughs> Good grief. Maybe he got a tip. <laughs> Someone's like, have you listened to the theme song from Mr. Ed? A horse is a horse. Yes. Satan is here. Yeah, here's, it goes like this. A horse is a horse, of course, of course, unless it's a horse of Satan, of course. <laughs> I heard it that time. I I actually heard it. We didn't need to play it backwards. (laughs) That one I picked up on. Hey, still time for our criminal of the day. All right. Got to give a shout out to Stephen James Jordan, who may have set some sort of record using his newfound Twitter account. Allegedly, Jordan joined Twitter on Sunday and immediately took to the platform, firing off 186 tweets in three hours, many of which threatened violence. (laughs) The video game company Activision was a target, and Disney executives drew most ire as Stephen threatened to blow up their homes. I'm assuming due to the lines at Space Mountain or The Rock's performance in Jungle Cruise. I'm not sure which one. Twitter suspended his account within 24 hours, and the Pinellas County Sheriff's arrested him the next day. A modern-day record for Twitter to jail. Jordan faces a count of threatening to throw, place, or discharge a destructive device. He was previously convicted of a false report about planting a bomb explosive or weapon of mass destruction when he threatened to blow up the Masonic Lodge of Clearwater, Florida. Wow. The Masonic Lodge? <laughs> what did they do? Good grief. So for tweeting yourself straight into the pokey, you, Stephen James Jordan, are the Bruce St. James Show criminal of the day. All suspects described above should be considered innocent until found guilty in a court of law. No matter how crazy they are. I'm talking about cheese will start us off. Yeah, I'll start it off a little light. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, Black Widow, and somebody that isn't me welcomed their first baby into the world. And they welcomed a son into the world. And his name is Cosmo. 
Not no, sure when he was not. born or anything, but they had the baby Cosmo. and they just announced it yesterday. Cosmo. Judy Pilak? Cosmo. Cosmo Jost. Well, Chicago police officer Ella French uh, will be laid to rest today after thousands turned out to pay their respects. During her wake, French was shot dead during a routine traffic stop, Bruce. Masks at midnight. The city of Chicago mask mandate goes into effect 11.59.59 p.m. tonight. Time to dig out those dang masks. I'm having about Is that like when that. you do the time change, you have to get up and put your mask yes, on? Yes, probably. <laughs> I don't know. At least I'm not washing it. There's that. That's not a thing. Um, So uh, for those of you who might have children or are engaged in some way, shape, or form, on the school district here in Chicago, uh, first day of school for Chicago Public Schools is scheduled to be Monday, August 30th. All right? A week from this coming Monday. Monday, August 30th. But that date might be, might be in question because, Judy, we're now getting some, um, what do I want to say? Some, some friction, surprisingly well, enough, between CPS yeah, and the Chicago shot. Teachers well, Union. Well, that date apparently is not. The CTU says they teachers will show up for the first day of school. On the 30th. They will be there. It's just that they're still negotiating. And when you hear that word, you know there's trouble down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah, they want additional COVID-19 safety measures put okay. in place. But while they're saying that, they're saying before students return to class, but at the same time, the CTU is saying, but teachers will be there. So it seems unlikely that there would be any kind of action for that, but it could be the next day or the following few days or the next week. I, I, I guess fingers crossed. Joining us right now is Ryan Griffith with the Chicago Parents Collective. Ryan, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks for getting up early with us. No problem. Appreciate it. Um, where are you? Talk to me a little bit about the sure. Chicago Parents Collective and, and where you guys are coming in on all this. Yeah, we, we started as an independent grassroots organization of CPS parents who have frankly been frustrated by this rhetoric, right? We started in January. Many of us really saw the social and emotional well-being of our children crumbling uh, during the pandemic. Mm. And nobody wanted to send at the teachers union wanted the schools to reopen. And so here we are now, nine months later, right? We started in January. And as you said, a week before school reopening, and they're negotiating over public health guidance that's well-established. We're not talking about doing anything crazy here. The district's talking about following well-published public health guidance that's been updated throughout the pandemic. So we as parents, I mean, there's 1,200 of us now. We're just really frustrated by this continued entanglement and constant bargaining. And it doesn't seem like they care about the children right now. And that's, mm-hmm. that's why we as parents are trying to come together to, to have a voice in this uh, debate. Now, uh, some 2,000 CPS parents have signed an online petition calling um, for the board to um, institute remote learning. Sure. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. What's interesting about that too? If you look at the parent organizations, right? Why did we come together as parents under a grassroots umbrella? If you look at parent organizations out there within CPS today, do you know where they get their funding? No. Oh wait, let me guess. Exactly. You don't have to go far from the CTU Foundation grant page to understand who they back. Right. And if you follow any of them on social media, if you're a parent trying to take in information 
about CPS, you see two worlds. You see a CTU-dominated rhetoric campaign, and then you see the district, and you have to choose who to believe. And that is just, that's unacceptable for 340,000 kids and their families trying to navigate CPS. It's tough enough. And you layer this on. So, yes, I mean, we respect all all options that parents want to advocate for, but remember who they're aligned to, right, and where they get their funding and what they're pushing for. Good points to make. Ryan Griffith joining us with the Chicago Parents Collective. Ryan, I, I'm, I'm curious as to um, kind of the, um, uh, what I want to say, the, in, over the last year, the, the school year that, that ended just before summer, um, with a distance learning or some sort of hybrid in, in some instances, Talk to me about the effect it had on children. You, you could you could speak to yours or or the anecdotally from some of the other parents. Yeah, I mean the the biggest issue was the social emotional component, right? There were some students that did pretty well in remote learning academically, but this idea of conflict resolution. I mean, we had the reason we're still in this <laughs> as a parents organization is you talk to families who have had to hospitalize their children over, over uh, emotional issues. Wow. Uh, if you look at any of the case counts on, uh, if you talk to any pediatrician group in the city or the state or the country, they are alarmed by what remote learning did to key developmental age children. And all we hear right now is trying to close schools more, right? You heard at, at the top of the hour, Jesse Sharkey's commentary. He's, they've wanted school closing metrics, not school opening metrics. Why would we put more kids in quarantine who do not need to be in quarantine. Kids need to be around other kids, full stop. And why are Chicago public school kids exempted from this when our suburban, private, and parochial students able to be back in school for yeah. a, a year and a half? Yeah, it's, we've been hearing story. that argument the whole time. Well, and it's this isn't new, though, right, Ryan? I mean, this has been going on for decades at what point, you know, I, I, I so appreciate you guys, you know, forming and, and getting a group. And But it's like, do you think you're going to make a difference? It's a little Groundhog Day-ish, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> no, it is, it is Groundhog Day-ish. I mean, the nice thing is you get energized parents. I mean, kids age out. You talk to former activists on the parent side. I, I will freely admit many of us in this parents group were supportive of previous Chicago Teachers Union's demands. Okay. Because they were centered on you know, enriching school programming. Um, but what's happened is, yes, the, the, we, we had stability, though, for a good 15 years here in, in Chicago public schools. It's been this recent turn of events where you have just constant bargaining over things that don't impact teachers or students. And so we're trying to step up and say, enough politics of this. We can, we can agree on a lot of issues between parents, teachers, and the district. But not these issues. Right. Um, so come back, come back to, to to reality here. And again, Ryan Griffiths with the Chicago Parents Collective as uh, CPS and CTU continue to uh, arm wrestle over the reopening of schools, some of the different uh, points of contention. Do, do the teachers hear you? Do, do the teachers hear that message where you say, "Listen, we we've been on your side. We 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 fought for things. We supported you." but you've gone too far. Are they getting that message or are they in a different world? 
was, it's hard to delineate between rank and file teachers. Frankly, it'd be nice to be around our school communities again, right? We're talking about healing as communities here in Chicago over the, you know, as we get through this pandemic, we can't get together in our school community with our teachers because we haven't been in school full time since March of 2020. Mm. And so we're looking forward to engaging eye to eye with our teachers, right? Seeing them at parent teacher conferences, uh, having these open conversations of what we can do together. Uh, So we hope that that teachers are hearing us. We do think that many teachers just want to take care of their kids. Yeah, I was going to say, is it a different, is it different when you engage with teachers rather than engaging with the CTU? Yeah, I mean, it's, we got to just call, call it what it is right now. This is political power plays and you're, 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 you're catching teachers and students and families in the middle. Mm. And that's just not right, right? And so we need to... Well, the kids suffer. Saying, for, for, yeah, from the start, we just need to come together as a community and, and see eye to eye on many things and talk openly. Right now, one side has a huge megaphone. So we really appreciate folks like you and others in the media, you know, hearing from parents who have a different perspective because we're drowned out at this point in time. Ryan, we wish you the best of luck. We know what's what's best for the kids. You know what's best for your children as well. And uh, we wish you and all of the Chicago Parents Collective the best. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. He's Ryan Griffith with the Chicago Parents Collective. Again, feeling like they don't even have a, a voice in this. As CPS and CTU throw mud at one another across a conference room table, the parents yeah. representing the kids don't have a seat at this they're they're left out of this debate and they're the ones that ultimately will will suffer or benefit depending on decisions that are made sometimes i even feel like that with the teachers that they don't even have a that the 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 union leadership and teachers yeah they fall in line every time but you don't know what what you right if you vote for it you get what you deserve in that sense it's gonna be an awesome thursday again although a little bit sticky not gonna lie you know, when you can taste the air, mm. I say. That's when I noticed it. a hazy, too. Yeah. It's a little hazy today. Yeah. Or foggy. I couldn't figure out what that was exactly. I can't really see the lake. Usually I can see the lake right there. Our view of the lake from high atop. <laughs> I know, The right? NBC Tower, and by high atop, I mean the sixth floor. Yeah. Where we can kind <laughs> yeah. of high, see You right know what? That's there. as high as I like to go. Well, there is that. Still yes. would hurt to fall from here. I know that much. Uh, Halloween is... Not just around the corner. I'm going to throw it out there. There's other things that are happening well before then. But apparently not according to you guys. Why? Home Depot, the place where nobody actually works, says it's sold out of all of its Halloween products almost immediately after putting them out in the aisles on the shelves. In August. It was just like a a little, um, you know, teaser Let's drop some Halloween uh, items and see how it goes. And boom, everything gone. Yes. They think, and they're saying that, they believe there's a lot of, uh, uh, this kind of gets into, we've heard this before, there's a, what is it, not revenge, but people want to go travel. People want to get out. They want to do things. And after last year, when Halloween was decidedly different, right? Uh, You know, wasn't wasn't the Halloween most people remember, are people rip-roaring ready to go? For a throwdown 2021 Halloween. No, but last year, they Home Depot had its most successful Halloween ever. Last year, people went crazy, and they're going to still go crazy. That's the point. Yeah, but we didn't even have trick-or-treating. Yeah. Doesn't matter. What are you? 
You don't need trick-or-treaters to decorate. It's not about trick-or-treaters. We have lost all sense of what Halloween really is. It's like Christmas. It's now like, yeah, look at my house. You think really? Your house is, look at my house. Yeah. Oh, the neighborhood I lived in, more houses decorated for Halloween than did for Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's, really? Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. Like a thing now, right? Yeah, it's And crazy. then the thing is, uh, like me. Satan is more popular I, than. <laughs> all <laughs> right. We Christ don't it. see. I don't do that Halloween. <laughs> I do the good Halloween. Um, but then, I, then I, keep, I keep up a lot of stuff, too, because it's then fall, right? If you have. What do you mean? You keep up your stalks, Halloween directions? Like corn stalks, hay, bales of hay. You can then keep that you just up. Just leave them outside. Well, you can keep it up. It's like it's a fall decoration. Okay. Your mom's. Yeah. So now I, I, I like. I've joined the two so I can leave some up. Here's the thing. For, here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm looking at you with, with, with shocked look <laughs> on my face. Well, let me here's just start by saying I'm a Halloween expert, okay? Let's just Halloween expert. I, I think okay. I mentioned a couple days ago when we did a segment, I was born on All Saints Day, which is the day after Halloween. I was born okay. literally right after Halloween. All right. And believe me. I, oh, just a couple, if I could have just pushed out a little bit earlier. <laughs> I could have just I been a Halloween out. baby. Oh, that but would be just I think it. maybe that's why I love Halloween, too, because okay. it, since my birthday was the next day. It kicks off your birthday. Well, and don't think that my parents didn't put those two together. You know what? We got all these kids around the house anyway on Halloween. We'll just have Judy's birthday then. Oh, so it was always that day anyway. They melded the two together. Yes, but I don't ever buy Halloween decorations. What do you I mean? I make all mine. You make all mine. I, oh, wow. I, I buy some stuff, but I, I generally don't. You know, I'm not the one who buys that big... The big skeleton. That I guess that was the big uh, twelve foot skeleton that sold was the out. Big, at the Home that Depot, was the yeah. big thing last year. Yeah, yeah. the big uh, skeleton. So I don't do that. I like I. I have a front porch. It's like a craft show for you. Yes, <laughs> yes, it is, Bruce. I go to the dollar store and okay. I buy twenty witches hats, and then I hang all I, the witch hats on my front porch. Okay, there it is. Boom. 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 Nailed witch hat it. drop. Yeah, I was going to say, that's still buying witches' hats. I, but, I, mean, I said I do buy some stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, or like I. You didn't I'll, make the witches' hats. I'll do a massive um, spider web made okay. out of yarn. Out of yarn. Mm. Yeah, and the black yarn I buy, you know, when it's on sale at Goodwill. I did oh, not. Man. I don't well, have one of those. She's in the back churning spinners. butter also. What is a. Yeah. yeah. Um, what but kind at, of least, a, at least I don't go buy the huge. Kind of a hoedown spider over here. I know. I'm, I'm always more afraid of a crocheted skeleton. Than a real one. So, I get what she's saying. <laughs> I'm more afraid of it because because the crocheted one means somebody actually put time and work into building a skeleton as it's opposed to this one just web. exists. You know, I'm still amazed that, that uh, Home Depot managed to sell anything with the fact that they have no employees. Uh, again, hey, Home they Depot. they have that 18-year-old who tells you to put your mask one on. One guy. There's one guy. I am. I am convinced. And if I asked him where is the Hall- where are the Halloween decorations, he'd be like, I don't know uh, how many home, Home Depots there are in Chicago. I don't know how many, but there's a sizable amount, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still sure. convinced there's one guy running around this morning just opening the front door and leaving. I'm just convinced. <laughs> just convinced. There's nobody wearing an orange. I almost smock can't argue anywhere. with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they don't exist. It's not a thing. By the way, I will be decorating this studio for Halloween. Oh, nice. Is that a threat? It is, is a, a threat. <laughs> it's a it's an absolute threat. Okay. So right. just uh, putting you on, just warning. Can't you. wait to see the, the, the witches' uh, hats. Witches hats. Yeah. Yes, I'm sure there'll be plenty of them. I'm all about witches' hats. I'm looking at the ceiling right now. They will be easy to hang. Hey, good morning. Happy almost Friday. It's Thursday. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. And I got a a question for you. Are there very many 
uh, coin-operated laundry places anymore. Do do the apartment buildings and a lot of the the condo is that a thing? Like those community that, that's yeah, still but around, you still right? Have to pay. Right, you coin operated. That's why I say right. you got to you got to drop no, no, quarters no. in. If yeah. you have uh, laundry now in your building, you still have to pay. If it's like in your basement, you go down there. Right. It costs you put money. coins in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, the problem is apparently, and I'm lucky that mine doesn't take quarters because it's in my apartment. Is people don't have change and they're not able to use the coin operated laundry. What happened to all the coins? Where are all the quarters? Where did they go? Where did the quarters go? I don't. I'm asking you. Where did they go? I have it the foggiest idea. Are people hoarding them? Yeah, it's quarters. <laughs> Nick's got the market cornered. It's not even quarters. It's all change. Yeah, quarters in particular. There is a coin shortage for reasons that are not clear to me. Although I will tell you that it seems less and less places take money. Uh, they don't want uh, physical money. And I found myself doing something that I have never done. And the Pando did this to me. I would never pay for something with a credit card for less than like, if it was less than five bucks. I'm like, no, I pay cash. Yeah, I, yeah, I, right. Now, I just spit it. I, yeah. 99 Nobody cents, wants I your guess. damn money, okay? And, and they, and, they don't want to touch your money, but they'll touch your credit card. Well, I have to swipe the card, and yeah. and they're on the other side of some double pane bulletproof glass, you know, at the Walgreens, and I'm wondering if kind of this this exchange of coins back and forth, since nobody's doing it, we all just have these huge jars sitting on our dresser full of change. But that's what they said. There, coins stop circulating during the pandemic, so there's fewer. So that's why we have a coin shortage. But my point is. But there's still the same amount of coins out there, right? It's not the like... The coins didn't disappear. Didn't, yeah, people didn't throw away their coins. No, they They're just dump them in Lake somewhere. Michigan. That's it. Throw all the coins in the lake. And what if you... And I mean, you know how they have those machines at the bank? Every time I go to the bank, because I go to the bank sometimes, there's someone there, but there's someone there putting all their coins in that machine. You, you know? get a coin machine at your bank? Yes. Really? I've seen those every, like at the supermarket. Yeah, the supermarket. Yeah. Dump in the so, coin I see people doing it. So there are coins. There, where are those coins going? I don't know. They're hoarding. Into, the coin, into the coin shortage bin? Yeah. The co- yeah there's a mine <laughs> full of coins. Uh, but honestly, they're saying in a lot of the big cities out there, Chicago going to be one of them, people who need quarters are struggling to find quarters yeah. just in order to do things like like laundry. So even before the pandemic, because when my son, who lived in L.A., had to do his laundry at a laundromat, mm-hmm. he every time he came home to visit, it's the he every time. Do you have any extra quarters? Just like, yeah. What are you going to take quarters back? And the yep, yep, he would take a bag of quarters. And I always had quarters. I'm surprised so the TSA lets you on the plane with a bag of quarters. Oh, yeah. Isn't that a yeah. isn't that a well, weapon? He hit him in his. Uh, I'm sure he hit him in his <laughs> luggage. That's a weapon. You can't come on here with a bag of quarters. <laughs> Put oh that in the gosh, shampoo over there. That. Yeah, you're not yeah. getting on here with that. But here, uh, why don't... Okay. I'm ready. It's not like any um, washer out there is three quarters or four. They're like eight quarters, right? I mean, I, I, God knows I, how much I, it is I haven't now. done a well, coin-operated machine in quite some time. I go like maybe once a year to do the big loads that I don't want to use my washer for. So why don't Hold they just... Hold on one second. What? You know, like a blanket or something that's... 
Yeah, comforter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I do the big I was stuff. Like, I was like, you, Although, I thought you said lucky, the big ones, like you save dog. up all your clothes, and I go, just once, I'm going to go do no, them all yeah. at once. Yeah, like Lucky's blankets, they don't go in with any of our So clothes. one of the large, like industrial right, ones, you do right. a, a or, comforter or, or a, lately, a blankie. I just let them do it, too. I'm like, oh, wait, you guys will do this for an extra $10? I don't even care. I'll pay $100 if you do it. Anyway, why don't they just switch them out for dollar bills? Huh? How hard is that? Right. Oh. Oh, yes. Ah. Middleman. Uh, yeah, they yeah, do you're exist. Right. I, I did that in Austin. You're right. I had a card. Well, technology's trying to catch up with that. So we have a coin shortage, and that goes in well with the food shortage that's going on out there. Not just the food shortage, but the price of food going through the roof. And people are changing the way they eat. Are you finding that you are buying less of some things or maybe more of others? 312-591-8900. Did your meal planning change at the dinner table? Year to year, year to year, according to people that look at things like this, food prices are up 31% over July of 2020 to July of 2021. Meat. Fresh fruit, you know, fruit juices, things like that, through the roof. And it's causing people, and I can certainly understand, a little bit of sticker shock down at the Mariano's. You know, we are like, oh, put that back. Don't get away from the meat aisle. Don't you dare touch any of that stuff over there. We can't afford that right now. And people are, are having to make substitutions, literally change the, the menu at home. You, you're a smart yeah. shopper. I, I'm a smart, yeah, thank you. I say frugal, but I'm going to say that from now on. I'm a smart <laughs> shopper. And I don't believe there's anything that I can't live without. Maybe coffee, but even then, if coffee gets too expensive, I'll just go to the, you know, lesser brand. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But I did, I have noticed like bacon. When did bacon mm. become $8 a pound? Really? Eight? I won't do it. I will wait until it goes on sale. Butter? Butter's very expensive butter's now. Expensive? I owe, and then when it goes on sale, I buy twenty. Yeah, uh, butter. It, uh, yeah. yeah, okay. You know, butter lasts forever. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, and by the way, I don't do, use a lot do of. Do you it, leave so your butter on the table, or do you put it in the refrigerator? It goes in the refrigerator. No, I leave my. It's both table, so it's always soft. Yeah. It can stay, it can stay, it's you right on your bacon. Yeah. Makes it easier. <laughs> You're going to say, I'll butter, like, I'll butter it, your I bacon, buddy. Butter, that does, I don't yeah. think that's a saying. That's not a saying. It should be. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there. So, I will wait. I won't pay it. I won't pay $8 for bacon. So, I, yeah, I get the. And there are a lot of people who can't pay well, $8. I was going to say, for yeah. them, it's can't. So, I'm, I'm the. Uh, what are you? You're a smart shopper? I'm a smart shopper. I'm a moronic shopper. Because mm-hmm. I have no concept. You looked at me when right I said now. $8 for bacon. I don't know like, if that's really? high, lower, that in the middle. Is that what I paid yesterday? I would have no idea what bacon costs. I don't How know what butter do costs. do not look at the price tag? Because if I want bacon, I buy bacon. Yeah, okay. If I don't want it, I don't buy it. The price of bacon, it's not like I can negotiate. Do you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's not like, I, I always say, like, they go, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, that'll be $8 a pound. It's not like, a, I'll give you six and not a nickel more. Yeah. It's not like it's a debate. It's, it, it is it's what it is. It's not a debate, I, but unlike you, I say absolutely not. You see, I will not deny back. myself things like bacon. Yeah, especially bacon. <laughs> but see, I don't, but I, don't, I don't cook a lot. Don't get me wrong. So I don't shop a lot. But I can't be the only person that just, I don't have the concept of 
what a gallon of milk costs. I honestly not sure because I don't buy gallons of milk very often. And so when I do, or if I'm going to go buy bacon, well, what do you the price think is it what costs? the price. What do you think a gallon of milk costs? Gallon of milk, ninety nine cents. Dollar dollar ninety nine. Wow. Okay, Mister nineteen fifties. Yeah, no, it's well, it's just white water. I won't pay again, Nick. You oh, know, okay, I, you have a little wise. I think it starts to get up to three dollars. Now I'm like oh, three dollars oh, for no. a gallon of milk. It's usually around two. You can, yeah, yeah you can get it for two fifty at Aldi if you're lucky. Yeah, I stopped drinking milk. I was told I shouldn't do that, but I do get like coffee creamer. And by the way, whatever the coffee creamer is, I'm not going to do without coffee creamer. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I need a little bit because I don't really like right. coffee. So I like coffee inspired drinks. So you know, I have to pour some yeah. some flavoring in it, and whatever that costs is what it costs. I can't. I'm not going to just go, well, I'm drinking okay, my coffee black because coffee it, creamer went up. To be a smart shopper, so when that cream, you're right, I love that cream too, that vanilla. Oh, but when so it goes, when it's at $5 now, when it used to be okay. 2 yeah. I then go, oh, this Kroger brand looks okay to me. And mm. I try that brand. Okay. And if it's not good, I, I'll go back. Yeah. I mean, I won't deny myself generally, but $8 for bacon, no. No, <laughs> no, no. I, did, I, I was today years old, but I learned that bacon's $8 a pound. Yeah. I, didn't. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. pop is so expensive. <gasps> yeah. It's well, no ridiculous. wonder you guys are doing without bacon. You have to have beer money. <laughs> oh, yeah. I understand now. I understand now bacon why, the, bush. why you have to do With that. Case of bush in the cart. Yep. Happy Thursday to you. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. Do you have assigned seating at the dinner table? 312-591-8900. The reason I say that is probably a lot of you do. I'm probably more interested in hearing from people that, not nah, we just kind of random. Everybody gets in and sits down today because you'd be the crazy people, right? Because we're finding out that more and more people um, basically have an assigned spot in their house. Well, and the dinner Dad's table. got his chair. Yeah, it's a matter of if you eat at the dinner table every night, I think, then for sure people sit in the same spot. Sit in the same spot. If you're more irregular, maybe not. And if you have company, everything changes. It all goes out the window. Yeah. There's a whole different seating chart. And when they sit in my seat What about the living room? room? Uh In the living room, you've got got a couch, you maybe have a chair involved, one of them's dad's chair, where do the kids sit? Right? There's like this. Oh, yeah. It's like assigned seating. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're on an airplane. No, no, you're on the window. Get over here. Your aisle, you sit in the middle. Youngest kid, mm-hmm. deal with it. Right here, don't touch your brother. Don't touch your brother. <laughs> it's one of those things where where you probably don't, we don't realize we do it. It's until somebody points it out or until the the routine gets upset. And it reminds me of something where I I I saw a couple um, who made the mistake of admitting that when they go to sleep at night, they change which side of the bed they sleep sleep on regularly. It's just kind of whoever gets to the bed first gets to pick the side. And I I, I remember wow. going, I remember saying, these people are aliens. There's no yeah, doubt that this yeah. is not a human behavior, is it? You can't switch sides no. of the bed. You can't do that. No. That's not a thing. Although, I see, because when, I, I, when I'm not in my own bed, uh-huh. in a hotel, whatever, or something, okay, okay. I always sleep uh, farthest from the door. Okay. It's a thing hmm. I have. All right. So, you you think that the, so the bad guy will take him longer to get exactly. to you. Got it. Okay. Uh, that's I'm why all we about say. safety. You know, um, it makes you closer to the window. Exactly. Where they also exactly. come to the windows, by exactly. the way. I'm or just the sliding throw it glass doors. Yeah. yeah. But that's just, I just mentally, I don't even think about it. I just always take, or I take the bed that's away but from But in your house, same thing? No, but now that I think about it, because um, I sleep alone in my nice big bed, um, I, I think I'm in the middle. I don't. But it, when I wasn't, when I was sleeping with my 
husband at the time. Let's, let's point out it yeah. was your husband. When I sleep with someone else, I take I do the left side. You're a left side mm-hmm. sleeper. Left side, right? but that's your thing. Side. You were always yeah. left, right? Mm-hmm. And he was always on the right. Yeah, exactly. Who are you people that can just switch and go the other? I, I've been divorced for six years now. Got it. And I've been sleeping in my. I have a king size bed. Got it. I sleep on the. Still sleep on your side, right? Left side, little tiny, uh, the little you slice use of a thir- the. You're, yeah. You're not that big. You have a king size bed for God's sake. Yeah, Jesus. I have no idea why. But Seriously. Yeah. And That's I what it looks like. It must look like you in a boxing ring when you're walking <laughs> around that thing. Uh, that you're you're only using like a fifth of the yeah, bed. Yeah. You're just on one edge. Yeah, but think about it. You have a you have a little table next the bedside table that you saw your stuff yeah. on. So, so you when you switch you sides, go where's over. your book? Right, you stay. <laughs> where do, where your, your book's your on the other is. side, right? Exactly. I don't even. Ha- I only have one bedside table. I don't even have one on the other side. Why would I? Yeah, Night let's call stand. it a nightstand. Night let's stand. go with nightstand. I don't. Why would I have two? I just have one. Yeah, I I so. I was thinking about it, and I am. I I admit that I'm weird in a variety of ways. So, here, I sleep on the right side of the bed. In Arizona, I slept on the left side of the bed. <laughs> Why did I change? What happened? Different that states. What? I, like I went on the other side of the equator. Like what happened? <laughs> hmm. Is is it because your bed? I don't think it is in a different way. No, I don't. I mean, what am I? Well, like, I, I wish face you would start sleeping on the left side because, according to a new survey, if you sleep on the left side of the bed, okay, you wake up happier and in a better mood. Really? Oh yeah. Just yeah. think about what it would be like if you were on the right side of the oh, bed. Maybe, man. maybe we're not grading on the proper curve. Those who sleep on the left side of the bed wake up happier and better equipped for dealing with the stresses and pressures of daily life. How is that even Those a Those sleeping thing? on the right are likely to be grumpier and have a far more negative outlook. How does the side of the bed have to... Because it must have something to... Oh I don't know. I don't get that in the slightest. I don't get how the, what, the side of the bed you choose. Now, some people get to choose. Other people have it chosen for them, right? Oh, no, yeah. no, this is my side of the yeah, Right, exactly. Right? Well, once that's established, you know, you get used to it pretty quick. Yeah. Again, I can't, the, I can't get past those people who... People just... Fl- no, visitors, every other day, just visitors fl- who come to my house oh. and sit in my... It's like I walk in the living room and they're sitting in my chair. Your I'm chair. Like, what are you going to do? Tell me to get up? I make the dog get up, of course. No, I just... I go... Exactly, right? I, yeah, that's my chair. I go to the other chair and sit there until they leave. And stew. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and yeah, stew yeah, yeah. and 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 give them the evil eye while they're sitting in your yeah. no, chair. No, I generally say, "How do you like that chair? Pretty comfortable, huh?" Ouch. Yeah. Oh, here, let me, let me. I'm sorry, let me move my little personal pillow so you can sit down in my chair. Wow, wow. you really got no, a, a setup. I, I just let him sit there, and I go move somewhere. I don't want to make him feel bad. So, growing up, my dad had a chair. And he had the the recliner, like the lazy oh, yeah. boy. We only had one. Yeah. But that was dad's chair. That was never a debate. There was never a question. If dad wasn't there, you could sit in it when he walked in the room out of the chair. Like yeah. that was, dad didn't sit. I don't, I don't ever saw him sitting anything else. Yeah. I, now that I recall, I, I recall my dad a lot of times saying, get up. <laughs> <laughs> Walking in the you, living room. You've get lived up. your life in my chair long <laughs> enough. Get up. You're doing. Had enough of that. All right. Happy Thursday to you. Uh, a week from Monday. School is scheduled to be back in session. The bell ringing. Kids racing in with their new backpacks. The shirt they got for back 
to school. Ah, oh, still got the tag on. Usually we're like, <laughs> sorry, kids, school's going to start in a week. Now it's, hey, kids, school's going to start in a week. Or will it? Ah, is CTU, the Chicago Teachers Union, and CPS, Chicago Public Schools, are apparently um, arguing, debating, negotiating. And the CTU president said that uh, talks are not progressing. At the same time, though, he also said that they expect schools to open. Teachers will be there on opening day. Now, the latest kerfuffle is over COVID precautions in school. Well, yeah, obviously they have COVID precautions. Obviously. The CTU is complaining about uh, it used to be six feet apart. Now it's three feet. However, I would point out that I believe the CPS is going by CDC, you know, recommendations. Where they said three feet apart. They're going by the latest recommendations they have. Um, They're going to be wearing masks, right? Everyone has to wear masks. This is kind of new, and it goes to a story we did earlier that... uh, CTU wants to know they want to have something in place, a plan for when schools will close. Kind of like what Northern Illinois did. They said, all right, what is the, what is the number? Happens, what right. is the metric? What is the threshold? For example, 400, the number here in Chicago, we mm. are going back to masks tomorrow. So yeah, they, and it's interesting because our guest earlier, I, I like the way that he pointed out, you know, we're always talking about how can we close schools instead of how can we open to how can we keep schools open? Well, I'm just going to remind you again that the Chicago Teachers Union couldn't give a hoot about kids because not one kid is a member of their union. Okay, they're a teacher's union. They care about the teachers. <laughs> they don't care about the kids. But it is affecting kids in a lot of ways. But, you know, I think one of the frustrating things, and we talked to Ryan Griffith with the Chicago Parents Collective, uh, who feels that, by the way, the voice of the parents is lost in this. We keep talking about CPS and CTU. The parents are the customers, if you think about it. If this is a business, we're the, we're the customers. We're the ones sending our children there. And yet, you've still got these groups just arguing. You know, and I, I think that, that something that continues to be lost, and I think the reason it's hard to talk about is we won't know the impact for maybe years. And that is, what was the impact on this generation, this school year, for having to do the distance learning, for for not being face-to-face, for not having uh, the classroom instruction, for, for not getting the level of education that they were getting before, for, for a lot of good reasons, because of, of having to close schools or having to be at home. I get that. But there are real-world impacts for these kids, and it seems like when these these groups, these big groups are arguing back and forth, they forget about the damage this does to children. I think they're well past. The parents I've talked to, this is not, I'm sick of having my kid at home. I want my middays back, you know, you know, get this kid out of my house. I think they realize the negative impact this is having oh, right. on their child's well-being and on their educational career. Yeah, of course. How can it not? Right. And I mean, you know, like I made a joke earlier about saying, oh, sorry, kids, school's about to start. These kids, they want to go back. I mean, even take the educational piece out, which is the huge piece. But the like you say, the emotional and the social 
you know, connection you get school at school. School teaches is, you a whole bunch of things yes. outside of reading, writing, and arithmetic. teaches you how to become, yeah, uh, you know, a big person. Exactly. That's where you learn all that. Can I tell you what I thought one of the interesting things for me, and again, I, 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 it's tough to measure. I acknowledge there, there isn't a, a number that I can point to. It's not like a math test. I went to school and met people, kids, from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, from different countries. It's how you grow. Who I never would have been exposed yeah, mm-hmm. to. My best friend in elementary school was from Venezuela. I mean, from Venezuela. Born and raised in Venezuela. Wow. Was Venezuelan, as far as I could tell. His father was a member of the embassy or whatnot. You know, the consulate, whatever it was. And, like, you know, Juan and I were, were BFFs. Yeah. And I learned a heck of a lot about Venezuela. I'd go over to their house. We'd have Venezuelan yeah. food. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, school taught me things Outside your of perspective. Yeah. Can you imagine if but all I we think had that makes you a better person? Of course. Can you imagine if all we had to go on was what our parents told us? Oh boy! I mean, you walk outside the house, you're like, wait a minute. There's a My whole parents world said out this here. wasn't even true. Yeah. I no. mean, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's because how you become an adult. Well, let's hope that the the parents and kids' voices are heard loud and clear this time as CPS and CTU continue to debate about a a safe reopening of schools again. Scheduled for a week from Monday. Yeah. All right. Scheduled to still open, even as they talk. Good morning. Happy Thursday. Almost Friday. Let's look at it that way. And uh, uh, I like Thursdays. Quit. quit. You're kind of. Well, I like it because it's almost Friday. Thursday. One day closer to Friday. Let's enjoy Thursday. Uh, Tomorrow, you will have the uh, the Blue Angels doing their practicing. Now that'll be cool. Uh, uh, Followed by Blue Angel shows Saturday. And Sunday, right in the middle of the day. So that's a, noon to one yeah. along the lakefront. Those will be the sonic booms you hear, the right. screeching of amazing, amazing aircraft. Um, you know, one of the things that the mask mandate, which is coming down at eleven fifty nine fifty nine tonight, I'm counting backwards. Get up uh, and put your mask on. Oh God, uh, is the impact it's going to have on the hospitality industry, the restaurant industry? I think about because. I will admit that I don't think it has been very fair. And I feel it's sympathy. And that's not an emotion I have a ton of. But I have sympathy for the restaurants out there who are being put in the position, once again, of being the mask police. Of having to tell patrons, you need to put your mask on. You get up from your table to go to the bathroom or whatever you know, whatever the rules are. They, you know, Basically, unless you're eating, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. And they are put in the, the position of being the one to, quote unquote, be the bad guy. And I think that's a difficult position for them to be in. That's not what they open their business to do, right? That That's not the world that they're in. Joining us right now is Sam Toya. He's the president and CEO of the Illinois Restaurant Association. You have my sympathy, sir. Thank you, Bruce. Happy Friday Eve. Uh, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, uh, Sam, I mean, you, you've got to be, uh, you know, you and your, your, your members of the Illinois Restaurant Association. Um, this has got to be a cause of concern, right? Yeah, well, the mask requirements aren't ideal by no means. Uh, but restaurants are very happy. We're still 
to be able to stay open and safely serve our customers. We're very happy we didn't have to, yes, right, we have to become the mass police, but at least we don't have to do what they're doing in New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, and even Philadelphia, where they're requiring mm. that you have to have your vaccine card to get into restaurant. I'd rather be the mass police than the vaccination police. So, well, yeah, because that's a, that's a whole... That's a whole different yeah. level is what you're saying, Sam. I mean, it's one thing to card somebody at a bar, but you, you know, you got, how would you guys be set up to check everyone's vaccination status if it got to that oh, point? It, that would be really, really rough, and it would be really rough on the small business operator, the small restaurants. You know, the bigger restaurants, they have more staff. They might, might be able to do it, but our smaller restaurants like in Little Village or Chatham or Jefferson Park or Rogers Park would have a huge problem trying to enforce uh, being a vaccine, the vaccine card police. Uh, so again, the, the, the mask requirements in our deal, they're not ideal, but restaurants would still be able to stay open and not you know, require the vaccine card. But, Sam, aren't you getting a little bit worried? Because it seems like Chicago has been kind of following New yeah. York and L.A. So are you hearing anything that that might be something that will happen in the future? You know, again, we have a lot of communication going on with the mayor and her team. Of communication is a key to success. But at this point, we ask that all your listeners to please get vaccinated if they haven't gotten vaccinated. That's really what we're pushing out here. Uh, you know, the number one concern of all restaurant owners, operators, the safety of their team members and guests. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we encourage everyone to get the vaccine if they haven't gotten vaccinated yet. He's Sam Toya, president, CEO of the Illinois Restaurant Association. And, you know, one of the concerns is, and, and I know you have the numbers, what, what was the number? How many restaurants did we lose during the pandemic? We lost, uh, you know, the National Restaurant Association predicted what's all said and done to be, you know, close to twenty uh, percent of the restaurants we will lose wow. here in the state of Illinois, which would be over five thousand restaurants. Yeah, and and my concern is, you know, moving forward, hearing about masks, hoping it ends at masks, hoping it ends there, hoping the numbers go back down and we get back to some semblance of normal. I gotta believe there's a lot of other restaurants out there that are still just hanging on by a thread. Oh, absolutely. Even during good times, Bruce, uh, 95 to 97 cents of every dollar that comes into a restaurant goes out for labor costs, goes out for fixed costs, goes out for product costs. And that's during good times. Mm. So it's a very it's a it's a business that are very tight margins. So, yes, a lot of restaurants are hanging on uh, by by a thread right now. Sam, you mentioned, uh, you know, everyone should get out there and get a, a vaccine. Are you aware of the rate among restaurant workers I mean, sometimes we hear that that rate is kind of high of workers who aren't vaccinated in the restaurant industry. Uh, Judy, I do not have the exact percentage. Uh, you know, we do have some restaurant owners, operators out there that are starting to require their uh, you know, staff to um, get the vaccine. But I do not have the exact number uh, about what the percentage is. Again, we want to get the city of Chicago, people living in Chicago, uh, close to 80 percent. If we get that then we think we might be in a good place. So, again, we're advocating for all team members and customers to get the vaccine if they haven't been vaccinated yet. You know, something I've I've noticed um, is almost every restaurant I go to, the staff has been masked up this oh, yeah. entire time. Uh, how are the employees dealing with this? Are, are they fearful? 
Sure, sure. That's why a lot of uh, a lot of team members have not come in, have not come back to the hospitality industry. They left during the pandemic. They've gone to other industries like Amazon or delivering services or even the cannabis industry. So yes, we've lost a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of team members in the hospitality industry because they really don't want to come back to the hospitality industry until you know we got this pandemic totally under control. So yes, that has that has been an issue. Sam, I, I, you, you're mentioning, you know, people and labor and losing people. The other thing we hear about switching gears just a little bit is, are you guys still struggling to, to hire? And, 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 and how is that going to solve itself? How are you going to get enough people to physically work in the restaurants? Yes. So we are definitely still having a shortage of, of uh, team members uh, coming back to the in industry. However, that's not just here in Illinois. That's Tennessee, that's Minnesota, that's yeah. California, it's everywhere, Louisiana, Florida. So that, that's everywhere. We, you know, we talk with Senator Duckworth about getting working visas for people in the hospitality industry like they've done for uh, farm workers. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to work on getting working visas for hospitality workers like they've done working visas for farm workers. So there is communication going on with Senator Duckworth and also with the National Restaurant Association because this ain't just in a blue state. No. So look in Louisiana. They're having a shortage of employees in, in New Orleans right. or in Florida, in Miami or Tampa or Orlando. So this is not just in blue states. This is throughout the whole country. So we really should try to work on doing working visas for the hospitality workers that would like to come into the United States and work. Here, here. Legally. I'm all for people that want to come here and, and work. work and right? Absolutely. Sam, thank you for your time today. We wish you and, again, all your member restaurants the best of luck. We're cheering for all of you. Thanks, Bruce, and thanks, Judy. Happy Friday Eve again. Yeah, all happy right. Friday happy Eve. Happy Thursday. It's still Sam Thursday, Toya, people. Come on. President and CEO of the Illinois Restaurant Association as the new mask rules put them in the position of, again, being the masked police. But as you heard Sam say, uh, it's still better than becoming the vaccination card police, yeah. mm -hmm. which, I mean, you got to imagine for a lot of restaurants, they'd have to hire somebody just to do that. It's like a bouncer. Yeah. Right. It's you know yeah. you go to a, a nightclub and there's a guy outside checking IDs. You're basically asking restaurants to check ID for anybody that wants to come in and eat. I mean, right? And remember, oh, yeah. that's for any where it's just not restaurants and bars tomorrow. It's everywhere. It's the Target. It's your yeah. grocery store. You have to wear your mask everywhere indoors. Right. The bowling alley, the movie, th you know, everything's open. Yeah, we haven't closed things yeah, down. No, so we haven't gotten to restrictions you go of space. Inside, you must have your mask on. Yeah. That so is... at midnight, get up, put the mask on, and <sighs> you're good to go. On. I don't want to do on. that. Don't sleep with your mask on. That's yeah. not a thing either. Come on. So, Judy, I need your help in understanding the uh, uh, the debate. The problem with plus-size clothing being in its own section. Because Old Navy says, we're now just going to mix the larger clothes in with the other clothes. We're not going to have a se se separate section for the yeah, larger Yeah, we're going to stop discriminating against the Well, how is that women. discriminating? How is it not? Why are the plus-size clothes in a different section? The men's are in a different uh, section. So like the women's and women's, of course. Kids are in a different section. Yes, but they have separated the women's section. Now, let's think about this. For you 
big and tall guys. Yeah. That's what they call you. Yeah. And then the women they, they call big and tall plus. section at a lot of stores. Well, why don't they call it big and beautiful instead of plus? Well, sections? okay, fine. You guys can call it whatever you want. I am I not. I tend even- to like that being taller. Uh, I always needed something I, uh, um, uh, long. Yeah. L.L. Bean is an example of they do shirts in L and you get L or the tall shirts. Mm-hmm. They have a section of nothing but like tall Where's shirts. Where's the section for overweight men? Well, I think it's in the same thing. It's big and tall. No, I think it's in regular, the regular sizes. They go up to, no, you know. Double X, triple X, yeah, or whatever, I guess. with the regular, there's no separate. When I say big and tall, I meant those stores that were called big and tall. They don't have, most department stores, they have the men's section, and there mm-hmm. it is with all the clothes, and they have the women's, and they have the plus section for women. They have always separated it. I am not even a plus size girl. No, I would but not think you're size shopping. I stand there. with my plus, plus size, size sisters. Yeah. Absolutely. And by the but way, aren't the there entire stores for women that are like that? Uh, and yes. I, uh, uh, give, yes. Me, uh, give me one of them. And I've again, seen it in the mall. Um, they, they, like, Lane Bryant. Lane Bryant. Yeah. But they closed all though. They late. did. And yes, and that's a, a big reason why Nate or oh. Navy did this. But there are still there's some um, Torrid is one. And I did this because I shop for my daughter Kaylee there sometimes. And let me just tell you. I wouldn't even call her plus size, but she's a little bit bigger, but I would have to go there because I can barely shop really at the regular women's section. I mean, we're now at zero. I don't even know what a I've zero is. I've never understood that. Yeah. How can we start at zero? I'm a, I'm a zero. That would be to me like infant, preborn. Yeah. yeah. So Fetus. You're if you a zero. Were, if you were a six. In <laughs> you're my, born in a one. Yeah. yeah. In my lifetime, right? in my you know earlier years, a six was like, wow, you're a size six. Now it's size zero. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. So I, I, your guys' sizes don't make a lick yeah, of sense to me. Right for the yeah for the the regular size. I remember girl. the the lane the yeah. lane Bryant. Uh huh. The, the lane Bryant thing was there were only three. They only had three sizes, right? They had large, extra large, and oh my god, it's coming this way. Uh, which is inappropriate, but I did it anyway. Wow. Email your yeah. comments too. Yes. Hey, Mike. Uh, Mike, how are you doing this morning? Oh, there you are. Hey, Mike, uh, do you know what two songs DJ Cheese scrambled up? Um, Moni Moni and Hanky Panky. There you go. You nailed it. All right. Uh, By the way, in case you missed it earlier, Judy has the Hanky Panky 45 RPM hanging on her wall. On her wall. (laughs) That's a thing. A little wall of records. Yes. My record wall. It's a record wall. Well, Mike, congratulations. You got yourself a pair of tickets to go see the Doobie Brothers. They'll be performing at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater Sunday night, August 29th. You enjoy a great night of live music on us, all right? Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank you for listening, Mike. Good morning and happy Thursday to you. We're going to jump right into our 8 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big three stories people are talking about. I'll start things off. President Biden says troops may stay in Afghanistan beyond the August 31st deadline as we still struggle to evacuate not only Americans, but the Afghans that helped us out, Cheese. Yeah, I don't think Mother Nature is very happy right now. Hurricane Grace just made landfall in Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. Meanwhile, Hurricane Fred is still battering the East Coast. Uh, a big earthquake in Haiti and a, another tropical storm on the way to Haiti. So Mother Nature not too happy right now, along with the whole West Coast on it's fire. On fire right? yeah. I was say, don't forget those fires. Yeah. Something My going goodness. on. Mother Nature wow. not happy. Judy? Well, there will be lots of noise along Chicago's lakefront this weekend. We used to call it the Air and Water Show. Now, this year, it's the reimagined Blue Angel Show. Still going to be pretty good. It's uh, this weekend on the lakefront from noon to 1 p.m.
All right. Uh, you know, the, the there's been talk about, and if you are a renter or if you're a landlord, you've been paying attention to this eviction moratorium. Uh, over a year now, there has been a, a, a legal block stopping landlords from kicking people out for non-payment of of rent, of non-payment of mortgage, using COVID as the the rationale. And while I think a lot of people could argue there was a need for this maybe early on, it strikes me that more and more people are at least coming around to the idea, well, this has got to end eventually, right? Like, you can't just say people get to live rent-free forever, do yeah. you? I mean, somebody owns that. Joining us right now to talk about it, I, I already forgot how to pronounce it. Del Villar. Clara Del Villar, Director of Senior Initiatives at Freedom Works Foundation. Good morning to you, Clara. Good morning, Bruce. So I'm I'm count me as one that is frustrated and, and like I said, I think I could acknowledge and understand a need early on for an eviction moratorium, but we just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. I've started to what about the landlords? Where where are they supposed to go for relief? Well 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 said, Bruce. Uh, it turns out that actually the Supreme Court was asking that very question when they ruled that without clear and specific congressional authorization via new legislation, it was actually against the law for the moratorium to continue without due process. Mm-hmm. That landlords have every right to their property, to their own property. Uh, the COVID, the COVID pandemic last year initiated this process. President Trump did get the ball rolling on this because a lot of people were thrown out of work, tens of millions of people. But, Bruce, right now we have 10 million open jobs. There are job possibilities, and there are abilities to earn rent, to earn earn income to pay your rent. Uh, Because what a lot of people forget is that the uh, rent, rental income, excuse me, the rent doesn't go away. It just, it just accumulates and accumulates. You know, so there's no question that you know, the rent's accumulating. Landlords are getting the raw end of the deal, and they've come out in force uh, to uh, oppose continued extension of the moratorium. And, you know, to make matters worse, uh, there is this pile of money that has been targeted for this very thing. Uh, right? Assistance. And, yeah, assistance. So the the uh, renter has to like apply for it, and then the landlord has to do something. But it's for the landlords. But for some reason, it, either they're not applying for it, or there's, I don't know, do you know, Clara, what's the holdup with all this well, money? Uh, that's, a, again, a very good point. That um, the, the only, only as of last week, only 10% of the rental assistance money had been distributed mm. across the country. Um, and a lot of the blockage is the incompetence of state and local officials distributing the money. It's really that simple, um, that some areas operated better than others, but it's been a slow train moving down the tracks in terms of getting the money distributed. Uh, again, that's, that happens often with these emergency subsidies that take place. It's always done relatively inefficiently. We have 48 million rental housing units in the United States. And uh, essentially, getting, <laughs> getting funds distributed can be a cumbersome and very awkward process. But there's no question landlords are getting the raw end of the deal, and it's unlikely that this will continue. CDC is not a, uh, is not a legal authority mm-hmm. to really 
supplement due process. I certainly don't argue that. Clara DeVillar is uh, Director of Senior Initiatives at Freedom Works Foundation uh, about the eviction moratorium. Where do we stand on it? It, it seems like uh, at this point I have no idea when it's actually going to end. I, I, it, it seems like there's been an extension over and over and over. Is there a new date on the calendar? Well, again, the Supreme Court made it very clear that uh, that this process was illegal. However, New York, every state is different, uh, Bruce. So uh, uh, New York is still moving forward with the eviction ban. And uh, from what I understand, again, every state is different, but it looks like it will not continue past October. So we'll see how this shakes out. Everyone seems to be writing their own legal process here as far as this issue is concerned. And when the ban does end, what do you think will happen then? Landlords get all their money? Chaos. It's, it's, wow. it's going to yep. be chaos. It's, it's, you know, as, as you mentioned, you know, these poor landlords, many of them are mom and pop operations. People use these small units to supplement their Social Security income. So it's not as if every landlord is a huge commercial real estate billionaire here. You know, we have a lot of people across the country that are suffering because, remember, insurance still has to be paid. Maintenance of these little buildings has to be paid. So the landlords are incurring expenses every day, and uh, they're not getting the income they deserve from their units. Clara, you, Clara, you know, I think that's an important point that you make, because uh, I think there is a a bit of a shoulder shrug or an eye roll when we talk about landlords, because people think, well, it's just a bunch of fat cats. It's a bunch right. of uh, really rich guys who own these huge apartment buildings. When And again, I, I think not just anecdotally, but I know... Uh, that that's not the truth when we talk about landlords a lot of them it's a a second property it's a, their parents home that they they got they rent out and and they're not getting rich off of it they're they're paying the bills they're supplementing their income in the chicago region they're 3.3 million housing units and so you basically have people that again use this as a supplemental income uh, potential and so uh and it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of aggravation, in a sense, to really deal with all these, is because these units, there's a lot of regulation involved. So for the most part, um, what's puzzling during this period of time, uh, Bruce, is, again, there are employment possibilities. You can work remotely from home. Uh, there, is, there is a shortage of workers. So income-generating possibilities are there. You can get a job. You should be able to pay your rent. And again, that rent is going to be accumulating. So it's not as if uh, it's not as if this has been eliminated. The rental obligation it's simply been postponed. Clara, do you know what percent of people who can pay their rent aren't? Ooh, uh, who are taking advantage of the system? Right. That's a very good question. And so far, the numbers on this have been very, very hazy, from what we can tell. New York. Uh, has been holding firm on the eviction moratorium because they pointed to the fact that, uh, of course, New York started, uh, when the COVID hit here, a lot of these areas in Queens, Brooklyn, et cetera, were the hardest hit. So people really couldn't even leave the house in these areas. So it's really not clear. But, again, at this stage of the game in 2021, the summer of 2021, late summer, it's not clear that the job possibilities, getting out of the house, is as, is as dangerous as it was, say, one year ago. 
Claire, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Much, much appreciated. Well, take care. Thank you so much. She is the uh, Director of Senior Initiatives at Freedom Works, Clara DeVar, uh, and really appreciate her, her taking a look at that because I think th- there's a lot of um, misconceptions maybe that go along with this. And the idea that when the eviction moratorium is over, the way I've read it, and again, it does vary state by state, but your landlord will be able to demand the full unpaid yeah. amount, not just this month's rent. You don't just get to start up and go, okay, now I'll start paying. If you haven't paid rent in eight months, nine months, a year, whatever that number is, you owe that as a lump sum. I'm going to go out on a limb. None of those people have that lump sum sitting around. Yeah, that's why they're going to be evicted. And but the, then what? And there is money. It's sitting Maybe there. That's even the, it's the scary it, that, part, it's right? terrible. It's just awful. This whole thing is a mess. Uh, Soldier Field is the place. August 26th. Football stadium. Yeah. Kanye West will be holding a listening party, Judy. Why do I think you're not excited about this? First of all, will he even be there? He wants people to go there and listen to his music. Yeah, he he might show up or he might make an appearance or wave from somewhere. Or he might not. He might not. Uh, in, in, in in L.A., Why he just stood there. Go? There was a thing in in Los Angeles. I know Miranda. I think saw the uh, saw the video of of him in Los Angeles where he just kind of just kind of stood there during the playing of the music. In the right? middle of a white There's square, a, a little square, and he's standing in it. And he's, a red puffer jacket, where, yeah. red pants, red shoes, all available well, at the oh, Gap. I'm sorry, is he, is, he <laughs> now, yeah. is he now a performance artist? Uh, he's an he's an interesting dude. So this album is? has been he's delayed. A dumbass. Okay, the album has <laughs> wow. been delayed uh, a couple times now, right? We, oh my gosh, a couple. Yeah, yeah. Is that few. his mom's name, Miranda Donda? I'm not too sure. Well, how do I time. know that when I can't stand the guy? Yeah. It's called Donda. He he Our has musical experience. He has some challenges. What might be a nice way to put it. Money isn't one of them, though. No, no, no he's uh, officially a billionaire, and well, and we found out that that some uh, oh god, what the word I'm looking for? Lunatic paid a million dollars for a pair of his tennis shoes. Yeah, sneakers, the uh, Yeezys. The highest price paid for a pair of shoes, mm-hmm. I think, ever. Oh, I like him so much more now. So while you may not be a fan. You might be a fan of other songs out there. And it's interesting where uh, we came up with and we saw a list of, call it the bottom 40, right? The worst, dare I say dumbest songs. Songs that are dumb. Dumb for either, mostly for lyric or title. Dumb. Or because of the chants that go along with them or something. And I'm I'm, I'm hesitant to bring it up because I, we think one of, well, we know. One of the dumbest songs ever is literally hanging on your wall, Judy. It is not one of the dumbest songs. That's what I Who love. Who came up with this dumb list is what I want to know. Hanky Panky is a great song. The Hanky Panky. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you know people make fun of uh, song lyrics like, you kids today, that's not music. And you go back and listen to some of those songs and go, Really? My baby does the hanky panky, and that's the whole song. Just repeat that over I, and over. It's funny you say that because <laughs> when I was trying to do the cheese scramble, yeah, I'm like listening to it. I'm like, oh, there's yeah. got to be like a verse. No, and I'm like no. hanky panky hanky. I'm like scrolling no. through it, no. and finally, like three minutes into the song, I saw her standing there, 
And then it goes back to Hanky Panky. 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 What? They say Hanky Panky 25 times. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> deep, deep song. Yeah. That, that song goes back a ways, though, for goodness sakes. What was that, 1966, something like that? Way back then. Dang. My baby, Tommy Tommy James of the Shondell. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe the other. This, uh, this is one of my favorite songs, too, on here. Witch Doctor. Who's saying Witch Doctor? Uh, uh, David on. Seville. Okay. 1958. Wow. How about the itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini? That's a great. That's like stupid song titles too. Wooly bully. Come on. Wooly bully. Yeah. Those the are surfing bird. So I think what surfing I, bird. I seem to. There's a. These are dumb, dumb they're, songs. They're, but these songs all have what they have in common is it's the, the songs that made this list tend to be songs where they just keep repeating the same thing. Hanky panky, itsy bitsy. I whatever. think that we can't. My dingaling. We 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 can't. Yeah, Louis Louis came in second. <laughs> Louis Louis. Yeah, Louis Louis, Louis came in Louis, second. Louis, you know. Uh, yeah. Again, the. That's true. All of them are like just it's the just same thing. Over repetitive. Very repetitive. Do we have time to make fun of Rick D's? Oh, of course. Uh, so <laughs> Rick used There's to be, always time for that. Rick used to be my neighbor. I would like to point out he lived in a much nicer area of the mm, neighborhood than I did uh, mm. in Los Angeles. Mm. So oh, good to see Rick you. Dickies. Mm. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, you got love. Oh, you. And uh, um, Rick was a, a, big, a big DJ. Yeah, the weekly top 40 show that Huge, played nationally, yeah. but he was in Los Angeles. He was a host of uh, Solid Gold for a while. Was he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Rick's done a lot of things. But Rick also had a song, by the way, that made number five what? on the dumbest songs of all time. This? Yes. Disco Duck by oh. Rick Dees. So, uh, um, not really that first off, we do a, that's him too, performing it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's Rick. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's gotten writing and performing credits talent. on yeah. that one. Uh, yeah. Arguably one of the worst songs of all time. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, you know what? Next Star just hired him. So you'll be yeah. seeing a lot more of him yeah. on Rewind TV. Yeah, Rick's, oh, wow. Rick's going to be yeah. back on the television. Maybe he'll mm. sing that song. Yes. Oh, remember, 1976 was the year Disco Duck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate that you chose to listen to us today. And we apologize that we played Disco Duck by Rick Dees. And because I, I feel like we've, 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 we've lowered the expectation for what this show is all about by doing that. Maybe yeah. do a little bit more hanky panky just to end it. Bring the hanky panky back on the other that side. That should not be on this list. Hey, good morning. It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. You know, a lot of the discussions that we have here in Chicago center around, or you could make an argument rooted in uh, a younger generation growing up. A younger generation growing up, certainly with some different values uh, and uh, possibly some different challenges that, that you and I grew up with and making bad decisions. Not all of them, but some of them headed down a wrong path. You know, we've talked to a variety of different people. We've had uh, Pastor Brooks on yeah. talking about the work he's doing in the community. Uh, we've had Alderman Lopez, who is highly critical of uh, of, of the members of his community who are out committing these crimes. Once more police, once more detective work in there. And joining us right now is Dr. Robert Renteria, the chairman of the From the Barrio Foundation. Doctor, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. 
it is awesome to have you on, and you are are quite accomplished, and it's it's our pleasure to have you. But you know, teeing it up like that. I want you to help me understand a little bit about what you're doing, especially in the Latino community, um, to get through to the youth, to steer them down a right path. Talk to me a little bit about your work. Well, as you know, we have children, teenagers, and adults alike walking around lost in a culture of darkness, and I decided to do something about it. So 14 years ago, we launched our first book of a trilogy called From the Barrio to the Boardroom in English and Spanish, and then a graphic novel in English and Spanish, and then an activity coloring book. We then went on to work with CPS teachers and principals to develop an academic-based curriculum that addresses what's called social-emotional learning, helping kids with the critical thinking skills, Mm -hmm. and to bridge that educational gap. From there, we went on to develop a faith-inspired curriculum to get kids in the Bible study to lead them to Christ so our kids could see the promised land. So over the course of the last 14 years, I've invested in our children's future uh, just north of $400,000, an academic-based, faith-based curriculum that resonates with the youth and promotes student achievement. Wow. One of the things that I know we've heard people say is, it's one thing to say to the kids, you have to give this up or, or, you know, uh, put down the gun, but what are you going to pick up instead? And it seems that's exactly what you're trying to do. Absolutely. We're looking to exchange uh, the Barrio books for all the guns, knives, drugs, needles, booze, and cigarettes by having collaborative partners who want to be part of the solution to help deliver a program at no cost, mind you, to all CPS schools, to all social service agencies, probation, police, youth detention centers, jails, prisons, and all mental health agencies. Wow. So, Robert, were you one of those kids? Uh, I must say that I was making a lot of bad choices as a kid, and and I was looking for love in all the wrong places, which is part of the problem with these children here. And I came from a dysfunctional family like many of these kids, so we need people to step up and become their mentors. right? A lot of these kids don't have a father. Father's either dead or in prison, and, and they it's a vicious cycle of, of repetitiveness of following their uncles and their cousins into gangs. But yes, to your question, I was involved in that kind of a lifestyle. We're talking to Dr. Robert Renteria, uh, chairman of From the Barrio Foundation, you know, and, and you speak about that. And I, I think we tend to gloss over it a little too much is the role models in those communities uh, being negative role models in many cases. And whether you know it or not, like a Pied Piper leading an entire group down the wrong path. Look, the fact of the matter is, is that if we really want to fix this problem, we can rather than screaming to a microphone. You know, what's happening here is. If we fix the problem, people lose their jobs. Mm. So we have this issue that's dealing with unions, contracts, and paychecks. The truth of the matter is kids are graduating with a 5th, 6th, 7th, or 8th grade at best reading level. You know, they're more concerned with chasing dead presidents to get their funding for the following year than they are to make sure that our kids graduate with a quality education. So how have you been received in in the Chicago public school system? (laughs) Well, I have a CPS vendor number, and I have been working with schools, but it's been very spotted. You know, they took away all the mandates when Governor Rauner was running, so they couldn't get this thing mandated. So I would say that it's accepted the schools that may may have money, but even if they don't, as I said, we've partnered with several organizations who are looking to fund this program to give them to these schools so that these kids have a fighting chance. Yeah. Do you find it more targeted in Latino communities, high schools or schools with a a larger population? Do you find they're much more receptive to the idea? I would say that the 
the books are used in all middle schools, high schools, colleges, higher education, youth prison, jail, social services, after school programs. It's it's already spanned across the country. We're in over 25 countries around the world and growing with global mm-hmm. organizations, just like the World Boxing Council that mentors kids in 165 countries around the world. As one example, the Rugby Foundation and corporations like Papa John's and United American Marketing and several others are getting behind this program. Do you have a goal that you're hoping to reach? My my goal is that I'm asking if there's politicians on the phone to put your petty politics aside and do the right thing and to reach out to me. I can't tell you how many people without naming that I've reached out to it and there's no return phone calls mm. or other than the, the photo ops or the false pets on the back saying, yes, we will support this program and then to never be heard of again. Yeah, like like you like you mentioned before, there there's more money and power in a problem than there is necessarily in the solution. We're talking to Robert Renteria from the Barrio Foundation. He's the chairman of it, and, and you know I, I I wanted to give you a chance because you're working with a lot of these young people. What is a common misconception? You know, I, I realize our audience probably doesn't live in that neighborhood, hasn't come from there. What is what is the biggest misconception about these kids? Listen, when they say these kids are those kids, let's, let's stop saying that by saying these are our kids. Okay. Okay. It wasn't about four years ago. There was 25 school shootings across America. And in those, in those school shootings, they were all in suburban America behind gated communities. And furthermore, the shooters of all 25 shootings were not black and brown kids. They were white kids. This is not a black and brown problem. This is a problem that spans across everybody across this nation because nobody's immune. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point, Brian. Certainly can't make that argument. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Well, listen, Mr. Renteria, we we sincerely appreciate your time. We wish you the best of luck. How how can people find out more about From the Barrio Foundation? I know there's folks that would like to support this more. Where would they go and how can they find info? I I welcome you to call me directly at 312-933-5619. They could visit our website at www.fromthebarrio.com. That's from the barrio, B-A-R-R-I-O.com. Or you could always just Google Robert Renteria and you'll see the content that's out there. I ask you to please, seriously, stop what you're doing today and call us today. Well, well thank you so much. And, and I, you know, I think I speak for a lot of people. We really appreciate the work you're doing and, uh, and steering people down the right path. Appreciate that, sir. Thank you very much. You can't be part of the solution unless you're part of the process. You need to get involved. Here, here, Doctor Robert Renteria. You can t- you can hear the passion in his yeah, voice, can't yeah. you? You can certainly hear it. He and knows I, from where he speaks. Well, I and mean, I think there's something to be said for that. Sure. You know, it's one thing to say uh, uh, to talk about a problem disconnected. It's another thing to say I can see myself right in those kids. I can see myself in that guy. And I know there's a new, different path. Yeah, I know just, there's a better way. He doesn't just talk the talk. He's he's walked yeah. the walk, right? It's Bruce. It's Judy. It's Cheese. A happy Thursday to you. And we are closer and closer to at least school starting here in Chicago. The date, Monday, the 30th of August. I know that in other places, school has already started. And a lot of different school districts and schools are struggling with how do we safely open the school? mask mandate as an example, other efforts that they've done internally in the school, right? We know that this is a discussion that's going on. Every school has some mitigation. And some schools, I know, last year, never closed. 
kids went Monday through Friday. Yeah. Like, they just, business as usual, if you will. But here in Chicago, stop me if you've heard this one before. The teachers union and the Chicago public schools appear to be uh, disagreeing on the safe reopening of schools. Is that a way to put it, Judy? They are disagreeing on it, but the only positive news is they're saying they are still going to open. Teachers will be there for the first day. So Monday, Monday the third. Seems unlikely that anything will happen unless all hell breaks loose. It there's is Chicago. still, huh. you know, yeah, there's still time. Sorry, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, because they're, but they, it's the COVID-19 safety measures. They're, now they're arguing the CTU saying, you know, it's things like the CPS saying they're going to be three feet apart, not six feet. Well, CPS responds that we're, they're going by, we're the, going CDC by the CDC guidelines, guidelines yeah. and regulations. Everyone we're following the science. I, you know, all the teachers are supposed to be vaccinated, right? That was a rule. We talked to Ryan Griffith a little bit earlier on the show. If you missed it, you can go back and listen on the podcast. He's a representative of the Chicago Parents Collective, a voice that I think it's fair to say the parents and speaking for their children is missed a lot of times in the battle between CPS and CTU. And he says, you know, we tend to be focusing on the wrong thing a lot. Well, and I think that there is a uh, it's the question that the Chicago Teachers Union can't answer, which is. Your concerns, I'm not saying they're not valid, but if they were they were real concerns, how the hell did everybody else manage to open their schools up? What's unique about you know the suburbs over the city when it comes to COVID? Why is it when you cross the street, they can manage to open their schools safely, teachers, faculty, staff, and kids, and you say... Well, we can't do it on the other side of the street in Chicago. Well, in fairness, it is the largest school district. There is that. And not the large school districts were not open. They they did, you know, some remotes, maybe some in person. But but, but we but saw schools opened, that had but, an ability to do this safely. Right, and they've opened this. They, they're open now. And that's the key, too. Now they're open. Let's see what happens. It's so far so good, right? They they have protocols in place. When yeah. kids start Monday, it's, right? This last Monday, I know yeah, some kids yeah, already kids started. Have been in school for a week. Uh, you right. know, they started last week. So, it, but it's it's what um, it's what our guest Ryan said. It's they focus always on the negative, not on the positive. It's, how can we shut it down? Yeah, how, how do can we, we keep shut it open? Down? Yeah, well, keep yeah yeah. Focus on keeping getting to school, keeping it open, doing what's right for the kids. It's always the pro. Like I think you said it earlier, they they focus on the problem and trying to make the problem bigger. Now it's not enough that they're separated by three feet. They want six feet. Argue, uh, yeah. Now it's not enough that the school's going to. Well, what happens if something happens? What's the protocol for that? Like they're, you know, and it, it boggles my mind sometimes. I'm like, well, you guys are educators. What do you think? When if you know all hell broke loose and there was a uh, you know tons of kids got COVID, what do you think they're not going to close the school down? I mean, it, why do you have to have everything in writing? It's just almost like nitpicking. Because it's getting close. Uh oh, schools are about to open. Well, they see it as, and 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 you know, I think I don't know what they see it as. Well, I don't know well, why they, they see don't it as want an opportunity. This is about politics. It's not about kids, and yeah, it's, it's not about, about safety. Right. It's about power and politics. It's about negotiating and thinking you can get something out of it, and using COVID and using three feet or six feet as your argument to try to negotiate something more. And 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 again, the losers in all this. It's not the teachers. It's the kids. Yeah. The kids are the ones losing. parents are weary and their patience oh, I think is done. Because I know plenty of parents who supported teachers when they wanted a raise 
or you know some of these other they got behind teachers they love their kids teacher you're doing the right thing thank you you know what you deserve the community support we think you know your funding was cut you should yeah they got behind them i think that teachers need to be very very wary that they're losing that support right. and parents are saying okay now you get you're on my last nerve <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. And you're, you've gone too far as a parent let me just say this once the school shopping's done Ooh. Oh, those damn kids are going to that damn school <laughs> because you just spent $300 probably per kid. Yeah, they're going to school. With their new shoes on and their new and backpack. Their five and their five boxes of Kleenex for trapper, the classroom. And yeah. the Trapper Keeper. I'm still hoping there's Trapper Keepers out there. Might be one of the reasons why you think we're going to heck in a handbasket. Uh, guess what? Judy says she can restore your faith in humanity. Well, this is a story of paying it forward. Joshua Nelson graduated from his suburban St. Louis High School with a scholarship to Southeast Missouri State. Now, the 18-year-old wasn't satisfied, though, with having his own tuition paid for in his pursuit in the school's pre-optometry program. He wants to award the $1,000 he had already saved for school to another college-bound teen. And he's hoping his grant will motivate others to add on to it. He says he really thought it was important to give back to his community, which helped him raise the $1,000. Adding, honestly, it makes me feel on top of the world. The fact that I can just keep helping someone a little bit makes me feel great. And I really want to see other people succeed. Now, Nelson already helps his classmates succeed as the president of his school's Multicultural Achievement Committee that encourages students of color to become college and career ready. So he's getting help from parents and teachers to review applications for his special scholarship with the hope that some donors will help that $1,000 multiply. Hey, anyone who wants to help can visit his website, Joshua Nelson Scholarship in Action. Outstanding. Thank you for restoring our faith in humanity. Judy and I also thank, uh, well, MG and the posse over there, Mission Control. They press all the buttons and make things happen. Appreciate their work. Also, our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the Double Pain Bulletproof class, doing her job over there. DJ Cheese working the ones and twos all show. Thank you, sir. And Nick Gale, he'll, uh, he'll putting it together for you right now. The latest news, traffic, weather, all the information you need. To get your day started right, Nick Gale delivers it for you. And it's all coming up next right here on 890 WLS.